If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet Online still remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, the easiest. It's the best way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag, join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online, for bringing this podcast to the people. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Mikey who likes you. Are you who is liked? Oh, simple equation, effective nonetheless. Excellent show today. <sighs> Amazing. I, I have no guarantees on that. But I'm going to try my best, which is really all you can ask of me, right? I want to talk about constructing a program, programming, okay? Training routine why you should leave some stuff out and why you should put other stuff in. And I was motivated to do this because I know uh, the suffering of the trials and tribulations that I've had to deal with when it, when it comes to constructing my own programs uh, over 20-some years of training. But on top of that, the frequency to which I'm seeing questions based around why you put certain things in and why you leave certain things out when it comes to my Patreon clients um, it's, it's becoming overwhelming, and I want to make sure that I address this and I hit it head on because there's method to the madness when you start to figure out why you do certain things and why you want to avoid doing others. Management of energy, management of time, these are the most imperative things that go into constructing a training program, okay? And you have to take a step back. You have to reverse engineer it to really get things right, all right? Um, there's going to be an underlying tone to all of this, and that is overtraining because a lot of people are falling victim to overtraining and they don't even realize it. All right, so let's get started. When it comes to constructing a training program, number one thing you have to do, identify why you're doing it. Set your goals, set your intentions, identify your purpose, and be very clear. Be, be very specific, but also be realistic, Okay. Identify why the heck you're going to expend this energy, be it emotional, psychological, or physical energy. And 
like I said, be specific. Now is not the time to sit back and say, I want to be able to run faster, but I kind of also want to work on my vertical leap, but I definitely need to lean up for the summer or I, or I let myself go during the holidays. But I also want my arms to be bigger and I also want to, that, that's not how things work. That's not how things work. And if you are sitting back going, I don't know what to do because I do want so many things, I will tell you the best thing you can possibly do is base building. Okay, base building. Now, there's two ways you can go with that. If you are someone who is more endurance geared, that would be your aerobic base building. If you are someone who runs marathons, if you are someone who even lives a lifestyle that you would rather have endurance long-term, it's more important to you than strength and power or muscle mass, then build your aerobic base. If you are someone else, if you are, endurance is not necessarily a prime directive of yours. If you are someone who wants to lose body fat, if you are someone who wants to gain muscle mass, if you are someone who wants to improve performance in strength sports, be it hockey, rugby, football, uh, combat sports, Strength building, that is your base, that is your framework, strength building. We've talked about strength on previous podcasts. I can put a link to it if you'd like. But that is going to be the most versatile and useful thing you can develop because it leads into other things. As I've talked about, when you're developing muscle mass, sarcoplasmic and myoplasmic uh, factors go into that. Sarcoplasmic means typical kind of bodybuilding style volume where you're pumping up the muscle. You're filling up the tissue, expanding it. There's myoplasmic growth as well, myoplasmic hypertrophy, and that is development of fibral content of the muscle, and that only comes from neural drive and development of force, heavy weights. So if you use time and you devote a certain amount of time to development of strength, it makes everything else better. Then your power, the capacity to develop power is higher. Your capacity to develop pumps with higher weights is, is bigger. You, you get it. Um, so if you're confused... Set up a strength-based building program. It's going to check off more boxes. And it's also the thing that people are so deficient in. Now, like I said, if you're really geared towards uh, endurance training, then setting up your aerobic base is going to be that ground level. It's going to be the equivalent of strength building, but it's more geared towards long-term and slow-twitch stuff. So let's, let's lean into what I think most people who are watching or listening to this podcast are interested in, and that is looking good naked, all right? Establish that base, work on strength. Also, hypertrophy training or higher volume training, what I talked about as sarcoplasmic growth or hypertrophy, that is almost, it's, it's not necessarily very useful. It, it's wildly successful for people who are just concerned with putting on sizable amounts of muscle. But if body fat loss and muscle retention is something that you want, which is what most people want, because most people want to look good naked. Most people are not happy with how they look in the mirror right now, and they want to make themselves look better in the future, okay? It's a very broad thing to say, but I believe it's true for most people. Start off by building that strength base because most people are so weak. And I mean weak relative to where they're at. 
because I'm weak in comparison to Half Thor, you know, the mountain from Game of Thrones. I'm weak compared to uh, Mark Bell. But I've developed a above intermediate level of strength. And it makes everything easier. It makes kind of body fat loss easier because it's easy to manage my time and, and my energy efficiency. And it makes what I'm capable of doing in training so much higher. And most people are just so afraid to develop the ability to lift heavy weights because there's this assumption that it's going to create this bulky, blocky look. And nothing could be farther from the truth. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make when they're setting up their program, this is mostly, um, mostly young men and then also um, women who want to have like an Instagram model's body. They identify that they don't necessarily want to grow. They want to lose body fat, but they want to keep themselves toned or create that muscular athletic look. So what do they do? They say, oh, I'm just going to carve out the muscles and do a lot of high reps with low weights. And that is utterly antithetical to what you want to be doing. In fact, when you want to lose body fat, you have really very, there's only a handful of things that you have to do nutritionally. And one of them is be in a caloric deficit. You have to be intaking less calories than you are uh, burning off in a day. Okay? It sucks, but that's the reality. Now, engaging in higher volume, higher rep training is only going to burn you out, and it's not going to work to preserve muscle mass as you lose that body fat. And then you're going to end up in that cycle of Skinny fatness. If you want to fight against skinny fatness or not burn yourself out, work in that lower to medium rep range, three to five reps, things like that, and develop your strength base because you can do that in a slight caloric deficit. And what you get is the ability to really identify progress because it's very easy to see. It's very clear. The clarity is there. My squat is going up. My squat is staying the same. My squat is going down. If your squat is going down, there is something wrong. If your bench press is going down, there is something wrong. You can use those strength numbers to clearly identify. If I stay in this rep range and I'm and the, the weights are getting higher within this rep range, I am doing everything I need to do on the training side to either gain muscle mass or retain it. Now, all I have to do is apply consistency with the nutritional aspect of it, which is something that I think I've talked about at great length. Um, but this, this podcast is about constructing your training. So identify what you want to do. Body fat loss, okay. What are the things you need to do once you've identified that? And I said, be specific, be realistic. If you're 150 pounds overweight and you've never exercised, you can't say, I want to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in one year. Okay? Be realistic. But be specific. I want to get stronger. I want to lose body fat. I want to. And you can't have it all because excellence in one aspect of physical fitness is going to either, if, you're, if your training protocol is proper, you're going to stagnate in the other areas, potentially improve slightly, ever so slightly, marginally, but you're going to stagnate in the others. 
what it takes to devote getting a triple body, body weight deadlift is absolutely going to take away from your ability to run a two and a half hour marathon. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The amount of energy and focus that you have to put into running a two and a half hour marathon is, is going to completely take away from your ability to develop that level of strength and vice versa. And the same goes when it comes to the aesthetic. The amount of effort, nutritional effort, psychological effort, physical effort in the gym that it takes to gain 10 pounds of muscle is completely going to take away from your ability to lose 10 pounds of body fat. Now, as I pointed out, most people are, are relatively weak. Most people are also overweight. And I think this is mostly geared towards you younger men out there who think like, I want to be alpha. I wanna, I'm just going to get jacked. I'm going to get big. Fine. I, I understand the desire. I always have had that desire. But first things first, if you're over 20% body fat, which like 98% of men in this country are, you need to lose body fat. You need to start paying attention to your diet and training in a completely different way. Okay, you can't just go do your curls and your bench press and call it a day or do 50 push-ups at home and think that you're training. <coughs> you are not. Okay, so we're going to focus in on setting up that training program for what is the lion's share of people who want to retain or slightly increase their muscle mass while losing body fat. There needs to be, there needs to be three days a week of resistance training. And that resistance training needs to exist at a pretty high clip. It needs to be at a relatively high intensity. And people hate hearing that, especially chicks, because they want to spend an attorney on the stair climber and, and they, they'll be like, well, and then at the end, I'll do some like shoulder raises and some booty work and I'm good. No. There's really very few non-negotiables when it comes to making yourself look amazing. And one of those non-negotiables is, in fact, I, could, I really will say the only non-negotiable when it comes to training, if you want to look amazing naked, is resistance training of a certain intensity. And until you get that through your head, it's going to constantly be a, a spinning wheel. And those are the people that I concern myself with most. Like, out of, honestly, I don't really feel any motivation to do this podcast, to start the Patreon, to do anything when it comes to fitness and nutrition for people who uh, just, just perpetually have never wanted to change and are overweight and out of shape. Because, I mean, I, most people... I think people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. I like the general public. Most people know that. They know. They're like, well, I don't work out ever, and I eat whatever the fuck I want. It's no, I'm not surprised that I don't look like uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, in Deadpool. Um, yeah, I, I, so I'm not necessarily concerned. What I am concerned with is like this, the overwhelming amount of people who are like putting in the actual effort, and they're just killing themselves not getting results because you're killing yourselves. Either you're overdoing it with meaningless stuff. There's far too much effort put into non-useful shit. 
or you're just going too hard all the time. Three days a week of really intense training that is measurably better each time you do it, as Greg Doucette always says, it's better than last time. That's all that matters. Six days a week of mediocre training is never gonna beat three days a week of incredibly intense, really focused training, never. It's never gonna happen. <clears throat> the only time that will happen is when you get to be world-class, creme de la creme, 0.001%. Someone who's gonna step on the Mr. Olympia stage, someone who is going to break world records in powerlifting, someone who is uh, a fitness model, a bikini model, Dwayne The Rock Johnson getting ready for a movie. Now we're talking about complete extremes, and you can't allow those extremes to dictate what is useful for most people. Because those are the only people that can get away with training that much. And I will tell you, almost all of the aforementioned people, whether it be bodybuilders, fitness models, or action movie stars, are using drugs that make, it cap make them capable to train that much. At the beginning of the podcast, I talked about my trials and tribulations of setting up programs for myself. The reason I had so many trials and tribulations is because I was looking at all these professional bodybuilders or gurus and their programs, and I was constantly telling myself I wasn't training enough. Little did I know the extraordinary amount of drugs that they were using. And here's, here's something that you, the mo most laymen need to understand. Anabolic and androgenic steroids, which is a huge chunk of the performance-enhancing drugs everyone likes to talk about. You know, there are more endurance-based ones like EPO and things like that. But when we're talking about, like, you jacked people, you think of anabolic and androgenic steroids. Testosterone, testosterone derivatives, <clears throat> and the anabolics, the decadravalin, Winstrol, Anavar, okay? So these drugs don't make you jacked. They don't make it so you could get away with training less. The big advantage to these drugs is that they make your recovery time shrink. That is why they become so useful for older people. That is why when you start to see major league pitchers hitting triple digits, you know, major league pitchers hitting triple digits for the first time, in, at like 42, it's because hormonal changes happen as we age and you can offset those. And when you're 22, you can train a lot more than someone who's 42. I'm 43, okay? And I will tell you, there's reasons why people look to these drugs. It takes your recovery and just puts it on hyperdrive. So you can train harder and more often subsequently getting better protein synthesis and that spike of ketocholamines and all that shit. But if you're not taking these drugs, you're not in that capability. And, and I, I will tell you, it's not a matter of overtraining, it's what you can recover from. Oh boy, I'm gonna tell you about a spoon, a magic spoon. Growing up, cereal, it was one of the best parts of being a child, right? getting a bowl of cereal, some ice-cold milk. Mmm, it made your whole day. Well, when we're all trying to eat better as adults, why not have 
the number one ace up your sleeve right in your pantry at all times, and that is Magic Spoon cereal. It tastes as good, if not better, than all of your favorite childhood cereals. But you don't get any of the junk. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a bunch of regular old sugary cereal with some protein powder added in. Oh, no, 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 no. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories per serving, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing flavors. I've tried every one, and they're all delicious. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle, fruity, cocoa. Oh, man. All of them are delicious. And they, like I said, they all taste as good as your favorite childhood cereals. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Mikey, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout, save $5 off your entire order. Magic Spoon's so confident in this product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this here episode. Hey, fellas, look, confidence in the bedroom is really important, and I understand it can be embarrassing to try to deal with that if you identify a problem. Well, Blue Chew is here to save the day. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. All right? You can take them anytime day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is super simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is you don't have to deal with the embarrassment of waiting in line at the pharmacy, going to the doctor's office, zero awkward conversations. It all comes right to your door and you get to avoid all the stuff that I know you don't want to deal with. Listen. The bedroom, when it goes down, you want to be able to perform. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? So get yourself some Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Gosh darn it, do we ever thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember to use that promo code Mikey at checkout. It's not... Don't think of it as how much training can I do? Say, how much training can I recover from? And often it's so much less than people think. People want to train six days a week, resistance training every day with a little cardio after that. They don't realize that all of that training is mediocre. Why? Because you're constantly in the gym not giving your body the ability to come back and crush it every single time. If you're not capable of going in and training and improving upon last time, then you shouldn't be training that much. And overtraining doesn't always mean I feel like I can't even get out of bed. Oh my God, I'm just so dead. I feel listless and I have no bone. No. Overtraining can be so subtle that you don't even realize you're doing it for years and then you wonder why you have man tits. You wonder why you're not losing weight or gaining muscle mass or you're getting leaner. There's, because the subtlety that comes with most people's overtraining, it's just senseless volume. 
It's not like training for the CrossFit Games where this overtraining is so recognizable that you're having violent or aggressive medical problems. It's that your central nervous system and your muscle recovery is just compromised. Compromised enough that you continue going through it and you feel tired, but you can still, you know, extra cup of coffee, energy drink here, and you continue training, but you don't realize you're just kind of spinning your wheels. And if you're one of those people, and I know that you're out there, and if I'm speaking... Uh, if I'm speaking words that seem to resonate, are you any bit better than you were a couple years ago, let alone six months ago? How many of you people have been in the gym, have been doing the damn thing, have been upping your protein, regulating your calories, and still, like, can you confidently say, Two years ago, the me is, is, is in way worse shape, is way more fat, is way more puny, whatever. Like reasonably, what are your measurable improvements from two years ago? Now, I'm not talking about people who like they're just getting into training, okay? But those of you who've been out there and in the game and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, you wonder why you're not seeing consistent improvement. I can almost guarantee you it's just because you're training too much. It's too much mediocre training as opposed to too little intense focus training. Three days a week of focused, intense training, resistance training. It's one of the only non-negotiables that comes from the training side. You set that up and you go from there. You build around it. And now people are going to ask about cardio. And the reality is, is like if you're just looking to get six-pack abs or look better, when it comes to the aesthetic, cardio is absolutely unnecessary. Am I saying don't do it? I'm not. But what I am saying is, is it is definitely not necessary. And most people are in such a desperate panic to lose weight that they lean so heavily into cardio because they think, well, I'm burning a lot more calories. Well, here's the newsflash. You burn a pittance of the amount of calories that you burn in a day with actual movement and exercise. Uh, the rest of it comes from just existing, being alive. Just keeping the system going is where you burn close to 85% of their calories. And the more muscular... <laughs> Let me try that again. The more muscular you are, the higher the amount of, of calories you're going to burn. Just being alive. And when you overdo it with your cal caloric expenditure through training, it then compromises your ability to gain or retain muscle mass. So then you create this vicious cycle where you're just putting two batteries of the same side together. You're like, well, you, you guys look like you should connect, but I can't. I want to get leaner, so I'm going to do a ton of, I burned a thousand calories by doing this hour on the stair climber. Well, congratulations. At the end of the week, it doesn't matter fuck all compared to the amount you could have burned by just being alive and being jacked. So you want to improve and increase that profile of just the calories that you expend from being you and not worry so much about creating this huge deficit from training. Now, cardio for me, I will say that if you're going to introduce it, it shouldn't be 
for caloric expenditure. And everyone gets so caught up in like these intense intervals and things like that. Intervals for performance enhancement. If you're trying to increase your power endurance um, or your output for, you know, MMA or, or, or basketball, whatever, that's a, that's a completely different thing. What I'm talking about is removal of body fat, retention of muscle mass, you know, body composition stuff. Stay away from it. What I say is spend that time, an hour and a half, an hour and a, half a week is really kind of going to be optimal when we're talking about cardiovascular training and stay at an aerobic pace. So what do you do? You're building up your aerobic base to make it so that you can train harder when it really matters. Your recovery between sets, your ability to um, kind of regulate glucose and everything, it's going to be so much better if you increase your aerobic health. The problem is is that you really don't believe how slow you got to go and how low your heart rate has to be to get those benefits. People are in such a rush. It's true. Overtraining and also the need to do the, this training that gets you to feel like you accomplished something, it's, a, it's, a, it's insecurity. And I'm not saying that to insult you. I'm saying that because I identify that in myself. My inability to just stay the course, to just watch my numbers go up on, the, on you know, core lifts, and to take it slow and to not train every day and to not do like C2 rower intervals and go crazy. It was an insecurity in me. It was like, I need to out, outwork this animus inside of me. As opposed to just really dealing with it. Putting it on my terms, not on its terms. We kind of, you, if you're overworked at work or in your professional life, a lot of times our way of getting over that is by working more. It's like this weird insecurity, right? You can't just like drown these problems. If you're so insecure about the opposite sex, a lot of times you just start like trying to add on to yourself the external and then you just it just perpetuates man it's just like the insecurity gets bigger and bigger you develop this farther this large larger kind of barrier around you it makes it even more difficult to get in touch with what's really going on inside we've talked about this before on the podcast where you know you got to stop when things aren't working out and like just turn around and point that finger at yourself and like wait where where am i going wrong and that's why i wanted to talk about reverse engineering Programming. Don't think you have to do more. Do less, but do better. And have the patience and security within yourself to realize that this is absolutely a long game. The most genetically gifted people in the world still don't look better six days later. I mean, it's not how things work. And if you constantly are going to allow yourself to fall victim, victim to wanting those results tomorrow, you're just going to keep giving up. Because those results tomorrow aren't coming. <laughs> I wish they fucking would. They won't, but they, they're not going to come. And then you're going to get discouraged, and then you're going to stop training and stop eating altogether. You're just going to start 
going back to eating whatever the fuck you want at, at whatever amount you want, and you're going to stop training. So just really work on, instead of fighting this, this like lazy, I'm not going to be lazy, I'm a warrior. Don't fight that war. Fight that voice inside you that tells you you need to be something different and you need to be something different right this second. Because physically, I will tell you, that doesn't happen. It takes a long time. And by virtue of making the decision to do that, you are already a different person. And it's going to be for the fucking better. And I'm really sorry that you can't immediately look in the mirror and see physically what you want to see. I know that that sucks. And I can only imagine, I, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and say like, well, I've been 250 pounds overweight. Or I, you know, I, I haven't. But I've been disgusted by what I saw in the mirror. I'm sure it doesn't compare to someone who is, who is, who is shunned by society and, 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 and has to deal with ridicule and rejection because of how I look. I'm, I'm not trying to compare it. But I understand what it is look like to look in the mirror and be just fucking disgusted with what you see. And I really wish there was some way to rectify that with immediacy. There isn't. But you can rectify that problem internally by just making a decision to not be that person anymore. And to know that you can do this, and it's going to take a while, and I'm going to keep my eye on the prize, and even if this program is not making me feel like I'm doing enough, I feel like I could burn a couple more calories. I feel like I could lift weights just one, two more times this week. Ask yourself, well, then why didn't I just actually go harder the last time I was in the gym so that I feel really good about doing three days a week? If, I, if you have this feeling, it's like, I can do another set. Well, then why didn't you just go harder on the last one? Don't do more, do better. If you are living a life, if you are doing training in a way, if you are eating in a way that you can't improve every single workout, then you need to not do that workout. If you can't honestly tell yourself, I'm going to go into the gym today and do better than last time, then you know that you're doing too much. Real training takes its toll. And if you constantly feel like you can train every day, either two things are at play. You train like a gigantic pussy, or you're training for the wrong reasons, and you're still ending up with the kind of in that 75% effort category, doing it all the time. And, and there's something inside of you that keeps pushing you to do more, do more, do more. I'll do more cardio, I'll eat less, I'll starve myself, whatever, because I just want to continue to see something. Give me that feedback that I'm doing it right. Set it up foundationally only. Ask yourself how many, how little can I get away with? And the bare minimum is three days a week, I'm going to tell, in, in my humble opinion, some people would say two. I just don't think that 
the majority of people can train hard enough. You know, like the Mike, old school Mike Mentzer, it's like super high intensity guys. They can get, they'd be like, you know, wait four to seven days between training, pro, training um, sessions. And I just don't think people can train hard enough to do that, to elicit the results. I think that training, you know, Arthur Jones level, old school high intensity, I, I just don't think the average Joe, I don't think I can train that hard. And I don't think training that hard is necessary. But I do think getting into that one rep in reserve, like flirting with failure, because I always say go to failure because most people, what they, going to failure is close enough. Because rarely do you really go to muscular failure. It's really, really hard. It's really hard. And you can sit there and say like, Oh, no, I do. Well, let me see a video, A. And B, let's go train together because that's the same shit I used to do. And I trained with Alessandro Comadina. He's a former IFBB pro. He actually is still an IFBB pro. He just doesn't compete anymore. And he's from Italy. And he, I trained with him. And I realized, I was like, oh, well, now this, this is failure. I did two sets you know, of like three back exercises and I couldn't even like whip my shirt on the next day. I'm not saying you have to train that way. What I am saying is that when you're going in, it's like no more fucking texting in between. Like you're focused and you train. And all you need is 45 minutes, three days a week. I, I recommend full body training all three of those days for most people. And really hammer home like a, a, a core movement pattern collection. We've talked about the big six. Vertical push, vertical pull. Horizontal push, horizontal pull, a lower body hinge, and a lower body kind of knee flexion or squat movement. That's all you need. And really work on those. If you want to lose weight, standard caloric deficit, a slight one. If you want to gain weight, put a slight um, surplus. Get your protein up. And the rest, is, the rest is all up. It's kind of fucking details. I recommend a three, you know, an hour, 90 minutes a week of aerobic cardio. And how do you say, well, what's aerobic cardio? The easiest way to tell is the Maffetone test. And it's named after some endurance athlete, Maffetone. 180 minus your age. So for me, 137, I'm 43 years old. This is not exact, but it puts you in the right category. And I, if I stay at 135 to 140 heart rate beats per minute, uh, I know that I'm not exceeding my aerobic base, my, excuse me, my aerobic threshold and getting into anaerobic training. This is not going to take away my hormones. This is not going to kill my gains. It's not going to compromise my protein synthesis. What this is going to do is going to get me in better aerobic shape and it's going to make me, my recovery from my three days a week of training, it makes it better. My recovery between sets is smaller. My ability to go longer on the mats in jiu-jitsu is better. To go more rounds in Muay Thai, whatever it is. Building your aerobic base. And what on top of that, it makes you healthier. By many markers. But it's a, it's a, this is really slow. For most people, that's just like a brisk walk. For really healthy people, that's like fucking slow jogging. For really healthy people, you know, it could be, you know, that's how I, I, I think there's marathoners that go marathons running them. It's like sub three hours and stay in an aerobic 
but that now we're talking world class again. But for me, uh, sometimes I jump rope, but a lot of times it's walking, just walking, lots and lots of walking. Um, and I want, if I'm going to engage in what would be non-resistance training activity or cardio training, it's going to be in that aerobic or sub-aerobic level, you know, sub-my-aerobic threshold. For the reasons I've stated before, I don't want to compromise my ability to get better. But what I do like about it is it's healthy and it's giving me ability to increase my capacity to go hard on the hard days. I don't do any cardio for the sake of burning calories, and I'd recommend that you do the same. I think it will radically change the way most people see themselves and see results. So that's your framework. Three days a week. And then now you can either remove or add in what is necessary for you and your specific needs. Maybe you're a skilled athlete. Maybe you won't be able to train three days a week hard because you're doing six days a week of MMA training or, or tennis. Um, that's, but then now again, this is fringe stuff. The framework is going to be three days a week, full body, 45 minutes, high intensity resistance training, the optional aerobic work. And then you can look at those layers. And sometimes those layers, those specific layers of what you can do and what you can't do is like, I have four kids, fuck face. Or I ha- I'm working two jobs. Or I'm, a, I'm in a college student with a double major and I have a job. That's absolutely legitimate. But... What most people do is they eschew all the stuff that they really should be doing, like the resistance training, like deadlifts and, 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 and chins and, and squats and stuff. And they're like, well, I'll just do some, I'll, I'll get in some exercise bike. And that just pulls that cycle longer of perpetually being disappointed. All right? Don't let insecurities force you to think you have to do more. Do less, do better. I think it will help you. If you want more guidance, check out my Patreon. I will put a link in the show notes below. And remember, in this crazy mixed-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.